You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 25 of Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Billy Rickman. For those of you who haven't heard of Billy, I think of him like the Gary V of the beauty industry. Not just because of his straight to the point, no BS and get shit done attitude, but also because he continues to show up and has so much passion in helping the salon owner succeed that he will do whatever it takes to get his message in front of them, including his latest passion project, which is Salon Growth Con. This is an epic two-day event held on the 15th and 16th of June, 2019 at the Gold Coast, where 23 speakers will share tips, tricks, tools, resources, inspiration, motivation for you to take back into your business and implement massive inspired action. Taking you out of the business for a weekend and immersing yourself with 1,500 other salon owners can only do one thing. And that is cause butterflies of excitement, especially with the recent announcement of the celebrity guest, Tabitha Coffey. I love her. And honestly, I don't know how many more magic tricks Billy has up his sleeve to make this event even more jam packed with value. But Tabitha sure does put the icing on the cake. Do you want to win one of three tickets to sell on GrowthCon? Simply tell us on the Facebook or Instagram post why you want to win in 25 words or less. Prize will be drawn on the 1st of May. So as soon as you're finished listening, make sure you go and comment for your chance to win. Good luck. Billy, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It's so awesome to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited and pumped to be here. Yeah, I think actually I'll have a special announcement. You're my very first male that I've had on the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. Oh, I feel very excited. I actually, um, I was on uh, Tamara Shaw's podcast as well, the beauty industry one, and she said the same thing. So this seems to be quite rare. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few that I have on my list that I want to get on, but you just happen to be the first. So I'm really I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I normally get my um, guests to kick off the show with what your definition of a hashtag beauty boss is. Ooh, um, I think my version is, is maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit different. I get told a fair bit that I, um, I'm a little bit disruptive with my beliefs around um, you know, entrepreneurship and, and being, I guess, a, a beauty boss in the industry, um, primarily because I think it's changed so much. Uh, I think, you know, my message a lot of the time is that 10 years ago, even maybe as recently as five years ago, people could get away with being a good um, facialist or really great at laser and, or, um, you know, doing good waxing and things like that, and they could run a, a reasonably successful business. I think these days, though, it's totally changed. Social media has changed everything. And, um, and these days, 
I think that the definition of a beauty boss is somebody who is, is working on the business and, um, and is getting steady or if not more than steady growth um, from doing entrepreneurial tasks like, you know, marketing and, and providing personal brand and um, nurturing their clients and doing all the business stuff rather than the internals of the, of the business. Mm, yeah yeah you're so true and you know like from my own experience I had to start somewhere and I've been doing all the working in and on at the same time but there comes that point where you've really got to take a step out of the treatment room and look at your yeah big 360 vision of what your business looks like and where you want to be and if you're not constantly working on that then things are going to plateau aren't they absolutely couldn't agree more yeah, and I'm, and I'm just seeing it more and more. The people who are getting ahead in, in business, like we have a, a lot of coaching clients that we work with, and it's not just in Australia, but all, all around the world. But um, I see it. I see the people who are taking strides and people who are growing are not the people who are working in the businesses. You know, the, 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 the salons that are um, continuously sort of plateauing or um, having really, really micro increases. And, and it's great that they're getting increases, but, you know, they're just not taking those big strides. Um, the people who are not taking big strides are the people who are working in the business and those who are just like getting leveling up every single time and getting more and more and more and doing better are those who are working outside of their business now and really focusing on the important stuff like the marketing and um, client nurturing and the, um, you know, just all of the different things that are required to run a business these days. Yeah, yeah, totally. And just working on that consistency as well. And I was um, working on my marketing strategy the other day because I had to submit for my PBS awards. And I was like, oh gosh, I feel like I've really dropped the ball because of Beauty Business Co. And we're moving house. But once I'd actually written out and looked back at what I had um, done since the last year, I was like, actually, no, I think I've done pretty good. I'm just getting better at how I'm doing things, you know. So once you actually learn how to do a skill like putting videos up and posting um, your, to your Instagram on the daily and adding in the hashtags, you, you can really become a lot quicker. Whereas when you're first looking at it, it looks so overwhelming and quite a headache really. And you think, oh, how can I be across all the things all the time? So yeah, it's, um, and then yeah, not losing the, the drive of keeping consistent with it so that you can see that growth and see the engagement keep ticking over and the followers continuing to come on the strategy side of the, the social media front of it. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think it's important to know that point, the point you just made as well about, you know, you feel like sometimes you're dropping the ball. And I think it's important for anybody who's listening to this to, to really understand that it doesn't matter um, what stage you're at at your business. I think you always have those, those feelings because with growth comes new challenges. With challenges comes like, um, yes, there's new opportunity, but the, the challenges actually expose a lot of the areas in your business. And so the more growth you have, um, the more exposed you will become because the requirements to facilitate some of the roles in your business and to service clients and things like that, um, your time gets more spread. But, you know, you have certain expectations you need to fulfill and, and you continuously feel like maybe you're dropping the ball on things. And it doesn't matter, you know, when our business, when my business was making $50,000 or now that it's making a million dollars, it doesn't matter what stage you're at, every single step or every single level that you move up, you feel like you're dropping the ball on things. But it's just that your time's getting more spread and there's more people who require things from you. And so sometimes it's important, like you said, to have that reflection and go, well, maybe I'm not dropping the ball as much as I think I am. I've just got new challenges that I'm facing and overcoming, but the things I'm doing well, I, I am actually doing well at them and, and to really reflect on that and, and give yourself a bit of a pat on the back. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should actually take a little bit more time. I don't know, what, what would you say, every month or every quarter to do a bit of a like a overview of reflection on your business so that you can give that pat on the back to yourself? Like I'm a big planner and sometimes I can flick back through my pages and go, oh, wow, in March I said I would do this and I've actually achieved it in 20 days instead of 30 days. So, you know, I guess I do it on a monthly, but some people don't do it at all. Yeah, it's definitely um, the time, I guess, yeah, monthly or quarterly. I wouldn't leave it longer than quarterly because otherwise you do. You just forget all the things you've achieved and you, you, can, you can actually wind down into like a bit, of a, a bit of a rut because you don't take the time to appreciate the things you are doing well. And so um, definitely if you can do it, maybe if you have a smaller team, then certainly monthly. Um, the, the bigger you grow, obviously, um, you manage to expand that into a, into a quarterly sort of session and reflection. But Definitely whatever works for you and your team, definitely taking that time to reflect on it and really get, you know, saying like, wow, look what I've achieved in this short period of time. If you can do that in that, let's say a month, if you can achieve that much in a month, how much can you then achieve in 12 months? And it gives you a little bit more motivation and, and purpose towards, you know, um, the next couple of months following. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So going back to the very beginning. So I first met you actually at an APAN conference. I don't think we actually um, shook hands or anything, but you were sitting on a panel and I got to hear a little bit of your journey then. And it was pretty inspiring to know that you owned all these franchises. And I thought, oh gosh, I've got to look this guy up and see, you know, who he is. And since then I've been following you and you've actually transitioned um, quite a bit through your journey. So for those who are listening, who don't know Billy Rickman, I'd love for you to just give a bit of an insight where it all began, how you got into the industry and then what you're doing now to help our industry grow and become incredible because I know that you're doing so many amazing things with your coaching clients too. Oh, firstly, thank you very much. That's, uh, that's a really nice thing for you to say. I really appreciate that. I do remember that, uh, that, that panel actually. It was, that was with Tina Viney and APAN. Yeah, that was probably about five years ago, I think now. Yeah, yeah. It was cl- well. I was pregnant. I was early, early pregnancy days. So Milio's nearly four. So yeah, nearly five. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, I guess my my background is a little bit different. I was in the navy for eight years, and um, I, I bought my fiance at the time a um, a beauty salon, and um, I went away to Iraq for my second deployment. And by the time I got back, I re- had found out that the money was being squandered for things that it shouldn't have been um, being spent on personal things and partying and whatnot and so um, I actually ended the relationship and um, a conversation took place you know what what, what are you going to do about this salon and uh, she sort of said well I don't really mind it's in your name so you're going to have to kind of deal with it and uh, and all my houses that I had um, purchased through my time in the the military was all attached to the business so if the business went then I was going to lose all my properties as well and so I really had no choice but to jump in and try and save it and um I, had, I knew nothing about beauty. I knew nothing about business whatsoever. But um, I found out that I loved it. I, I really did. I loved the customer service side of beauty. And I really loved business. I'm just totally addicted to, to business. Um, I, the, I don't know, the, the psychology of business, like, you know, what, why does someone make $200 and someone else make $2 billion? What's the difference? Like, you know, is it psychology? Is it, um, you know, knowledge? Is it natural ability? What is that? What is, is it a combination of all of it? Is it your upbringing? Is it your network? Like, I don't know. It, it just fascinates me, um, all of the different aspects of business and why someone succeeds and why someone else doesn't. 
And so I became really, um, really quite passionate about business and became addicted to it. And over um, 12 months, I was able to kind of save the business and, and pay back all the, the people that were owed money. And, um, but I, I decided at that point that I was going to uh, uh, finish that business and start my own. And so I started my own business and uh, my own salon. And it started off as a little nails and waxing and massage and facials um, place in WA. And uh, from there, we transitioned into skin and I started to franchise. We ended up with uh, 12 locations across three states. And then um, it was about, uh, probably about 18 months ago, I started to get asked online by a few people to say, you know, do I ever do coaching? Can I help them with their business? And, um, and so, yeah, I started doing a little bit of that. And that kind of transitioned then into doing a lot of that and started my own coaching business, which is uh, now about 14 months old, maybe 15 months. And we've now got about 140 clients from all areas of, of the all areas of the globe, sort of thing. And uh, we, we look after South Africa, US, Australia, New Zealand, and um, and now we're hosting a, a huge event in June this year, which is called Salon Growth Con. And um, we're, we're I say we're trying. You and I had a conversation about this just briefly off air, but we're, we're the goal is to get 1,500 salon owners to this um, Salon Growth Conference, which is being held on the Gold Coast in June. And um, really the, the purpose and the, the idea around this event is to not give salon owners more information about the technical aspects of the business. So uh, it's not about, you know, teaching people more about skin or about health or about um, how to wax better or about the latest laser machine or anything like that. It really is focused on being a salonpreneur, which in, in my eyes is, you know, the type of salon owner who actually wants to succeed in business by applying correct business strategies and, you know, um, correct marketing principles and all of that sort of thing to make them the very best salon owner they can be. So it really is an event to, to empower business owners and salon owners to become amazing at what they do, get them off the hamster wheel and um, help them to make profit in their business and be happy with, with, with their salon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am so excited about Salon Growth Con. I think, you know, it's just one of those things like we can be going here and going there, personal development here, doing this skin course. But um, and then obviously I've got my online platform as well, which you can sit behind your computer and um, do the, the video masterclasses. But there is nothing like the... Um, the results that you can come away with, become inspired with through connection in person. So, and like seeing the behind the scenes of the grandstand, like the environment that you're going to create for Salon Growth Con is just nothing. There's been nothing like this within our industry, has there? <laughs> no, definitely not, which is kind of exciting and scary at the same time. Every time I go there, there's a 1,500 seats and I just look at them and go, Oh my god! Like it's kind of daunting, but at the same time, uh, I'm really excited. We've got uh, I think it's 23 speakers now, including yourself, obviously. Uh, so I'm really, really excited to, to see you in action. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and obviously we have the the main headline act as well, which I'm really, really excited about seeing. Yes, yes, so excited. I know that you're going to make a special announcement very, very soon about who that is. And then, and then I'm sure that whole stadium is going to be filled. And yeah, as I say, again, just that energy in the room. I'll tell you a little story. I went to Vegas, actually. I got sent there with the Dermalogica because I used to work for them. And that was um, one of the highlights of my career, actually, because there was so many incredible business owners. And then obviously the people that were employed by the company were there 
there from around the world as well. And the last thing that Jane Werwin did, which I still kind of, it, I don't know, you could think of it kind of woo-woo, but it, it sends shivers through my body because every single person in that room at the end had to hold hands. And it was like everyone's energy was going through each other. And it was that power of connection of being there. We were exactly where we were supposed to be. And I think, yeah, if you can take that opportunity, take the chance to come out of your business and have the two days of amazing inspiration, education, and just, yeah, take every single thing in, you'll go back to your business and have amazing, um, what would you say, like, you're going to take massive action because you'll be so inspired by everything that'll be said and taught. And a lot of those speakers I already follow online and, um, you know, beautiful Elle and Toby and Carissa, I think is going to be there and Larissa as well. And I follow all of those incredible people online, but seeing them in person, it's like listening to Lady Gaga on the radio and then going to see her live is going to be totally different, right? Yeah. And there's that saying, you know, um, people say, yeah, motivation doesn't last. Uh, some people say motivation doesn't last, um, but neither does, neither does, uh, what's it, but neither does bathing or something like that, which is why we have to do it daily, right? And yeah. so, it's the same, like, you know, I went to a Tony Robbins event in Sydney uh, a couple of years ago, and I am still not, today, like, it's, it's probably, I don't know, four years ago now, it's probably around the same time as that eight-pound but I, I um, you know, I, I don't have that motivation that now that I had a couple of days after I left Tony Robbins seminar, but that's not the point. The point is for the, for three months afterwards, I was like the most, I'm usually high energy anyway. I'm really quite motivated anyway, but I was like the most motivated version of myself I've ever been. And granted it doesn't last forever, but the, the amount of, you know, the, the, the amount of work I got done in those three months post is, was huge. And I think that's what going to an event like this actually does. It gives people a bit of a rev up. It gives people a kickstart and it, and it allows you to come back into your business and, and do things that you normally wouldn't do because you're possibly in a rut or you possibly just like, not, you don't have that level of motivation at the moment. And like you said, with, um, with the key speakers that we've got, it's, they really are just going to be providing some amazing actionable strategies that you can take into your business and use and get results from straight away. Yeah, so good. Well, thank you so much for organizing such an incredible event. I know we're going to be hearing more of it in the weeks to come. And I can't wait to meet and greet everyone who I have connected with online as well as yourself in person as well. <laughs> yeah, we actually haven't met, which will be really cool to yeah, well, so meet in but not, not properly. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, which hurdles do you continually see popping up when it comes to running a beauty business? Uh, the first one is definitely what I addressed before, um, focusing too much time on the technical side of the business. I think yeah. when you, um, if you want to be, um, if you want to be great as a beauty therapist, then 100% learn everything you can possibly know about skin and muscles and anatomy and, and product knowledge and, and how to use machinery and the latest equipment. I, I couldn't agree more that that is absolutely where you need to be. But the second you make a decision um, to become a business owner, you need to leave that behind and give that training to your staff. Allow them to learn that, that, that thing or, that, you know, allow them to have that information. I think that's one of the biggest barriers because even people who are listening to this podcast right now will be like, you know, I can imagine some people are like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. I love skin. I love that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely, I'm not criticizing anybody for, for loving that. I think it's amazing to have a passion in business, in, in life. 
But what I'm saying is that if you want to be successful in business, then you have to transition away from being a beauty therapist and transition into being a business owner. And that means, um, you know, only if you have 100% of your education per year, if you look at an allocation, 100% of your education per year, when you're a beauty therapist, then more than likely 20% of that education and knowledge that you're, you're source for the year will be about, you know, personal development and, and possibly about some management if you're progressing that way. And 80% will be on, on the technical aspect of the role, like how to do your treatments better and how to understand products better. When you become a business owner, you have to flip that on its head. You can still keep your, you know, keep your, um, your what's the term? You, you can still, you know, be relevant and, and keep your, um, your understanding and knowledge of the latest trends and things like that in skincare and beauty and all of that sort of stuff. Keep your, uh, keep your pulse, that's, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> and um, on the industry, but at the same time, you 80% of your education, 80% of your knowledge then has to be on business development and understanding how to market, understanding social media, understanding how to lead your team, understanding management, understanding how to balance a budget. Um, all of those things then become your priority. And I just see um, all of the time that people who are struggling in the industry are the people who haven't let go yet of that beauty therapist or that beauty mentality and they haven't actually started to transition yet into being a, an entrepreneur or a business owner. And, uh, and certainly, so that would definitely be one of them. Yeah. Uh, the second one, tell me, um, what was the question again, so I get it right? Uh, well, just the hurdles. So what do you continually see when you've got your um, business owners coming in? What do they have their issues with? Uh, the second one was definitely with finance, money, 100%. Most of the coaching clients we have that come to us for coaching are in a position where they're, um, where they're distressed. So they come to us and, you know, where they say, I'm, I'm running out of money or, um, you know, my partner's about to leave me because I'm just spending all my time in the business. Um, it, it always comes down to money. And it's interesting because when you speak to a lot of people in the beauty industry about money, it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people don't want to talk about money because they see it as some... Um, like a negative aspect of the business when it's the thing that they need to focus on the most because it's the thing that's actually not just destroying their business but also a lot of their personal relationships as well because they just don't have that focus on sales. They don't have that focus on managing money properly and, um, and subsequently they fall out of love with their business because they run out of money. So um, definitely a hurdle is for them is, is being able to, to manage their finances or have enough money to be able to do the thing they need to do in order to succeed. And so in my, in my experience and what I see with a lot of my coaching clients, if you, can, um, if you can switch your knowledge and education to learning more about business and you can manage your finance better, those two things, if you can overcome those two hurdles, then normally you'll see yourself in a successful business. Mm, yeah. And so is that something that with your one-on-one -on -one coaching that you do with the network that you actually work on or are those types of clients already sort of ahead of the game? They've got their systems and their finances in place and then you're taking them to the next scale of it. Yeah. So we have two coaching programs. We've got one that's called the inner circle, which is like a remote stun over video and, and um, so everything's remote. Um, and then we have the one you just spoke about there, which is the network. So um, the network is a more advanced. So yeah. So people in the network are usually people who are, you know, six, seven figure businesses um, and, doing pretty well already and they're, they're wanting to take it to the next level, you know, expand the business to multi-site or, um, you know, they're making a million dollars, they want to make $2 million. But the inner circle is, is sort of our entry-level coaching program and definitely 
in that program, they're definitely, you know, some huge hurdles that we see a lot of the time. And so what we want to do straight away is actually get some people results because we, we see it when you get people results in the first month or two months and they see that they've actually got money in the bank um, and they see that there's actually, they're making a profit for the first time in years, then Number one, it allows them to sleep better. Number two, it allows them to have better relationships with people. And number three, it then because of those things, it allows their, their minds to become more creative and their decision-making to be, become better. So um, definitely those two hurdles are at the forefront of people who come into the inner circle, but that's why we want to get them results straight away so we can help them to have more finance and help to, to make the better decisions, which will usually mean learning more about business, which is great. That's awesome. I'm glad that we actually covered that because it seems like a, a, um, a regular answer that keeps coming up on the podcast when I ask it and whether that be a coach that I've interviewed or just a, a beauty salon owner, they always sort of say the financial side of it. So it's great that you've got a program that's going to, you know, offer some quick rapid results for them to see some, a little bit of financial freedom coming their way. And as we say, learn it, then get better at it. And then it's going to come quite, um, a consistent natural thing for them to do. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was you actually, it might have been you. Um, I saw online some, uh, the other day, someone said um, that it takes 20 times to become good at something. Is that you posted that? I don't know. No, I'm not, I, not sure if that was me, no. Uh, anyway, I saw it being posted the other day. It says it takes 20 times to be good at something. Um, and I think it's so true, you know, most people start things and they do it once and they go, oh, that wasn't good. And then they think, oh, well, I'll do it again just in case. And they might get up to five times and they're really not, they're not an expert at it after five times. And so they quit. And, um, but a lot of the times that's just what it takes is consistency and just the ability to, to push through and just keep doing something until you become good at it. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely um, working on those things to help improve finance, get results and becoming better at your, your skill is definitely important. Yeah, so true. It's probably crossed over into my next question, but if someone's just starting out, what would be your two top important tips for them? Just starting out? Yep. <laughs> um, read. Read, read, read. That would definitely be um, one of my tips. And for you guys who don't like to read, then go on YouTube. But just immerse yourself. The way I see business um, is if you're just getting into business for the first time, the way I see it is like, What's, what's the easiest way to learn a language? Is it easier to go to, um, if I say you're learning French, for example, is it easier to go to a, a French class once a week for an hour? Or is it, are you more likely to learn French if you went to Paris and lived in France for three months? You know, when you immerse yourself in something, when you're just surrounded by it all the time, you just pick up so much and you, you learn so much, so, quick, uh, so much uh, quicker than you would normally. So I definitely think number one is to read and to learn as much as you possibly can, immerse yourself even before you open your doors. So they become somewhat proficient at it before, um, before you have to take that risk where you start actually transacting, you start paying wages, you start, you know, you've got all these expenses with marketing. Actually understand and learn about business beforehand. Um, the, the second thing the, for people getting into business, I'd say is to surround yourself with positive people because there's so many times in business where you're going to want to give up. It's really, really, really hard to be a business owner. It's so, so difficult that most people just wouldn't have a clue um, just how hard it is until they actually experience it. And if you speak to a business owner to a business owner, understands it, but trying to explain it to somebody who is not a business owner, just how hard it is, uh, it's, it's almost impossible. So the reality of how difficult business ownership is, um, is, is much 
more different than what people anticipate. And so surrounding yourself with positive people and a positive network is going to be so important. It's, it's going to allow you to that support as you go through some of those difficult hardships. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I mean, there is so many tools and resources out there. You've got a podcast. I've got a podcast. You've got the salon boss group. I've got my group. There's like a million other people, the people you've got as keynote speakers at the salon growth con, they've all got support groups as well. Like we're all there trying to create this tribe and community where we're offering support to each other because yeah, if you go on the mums in Brisbane page and talk about your problems in your business. No one's going to relate to it. They're talking about the problems about mums. You know, there's so many different, um, yeah, areas that you can go and reach out to get a little bit of a helping hand with as well. So yeah, immersing yourself and listening to the inspirational podcasts that are going to, um, you know, pick you up if you are feeling down with talking about that before you can have bad days and that's totally fine. Let them, do their thing, but don't let them sit with you, right? One hundred percent. I could not agree more. Yeah, you can you can feel bad for a couple of days, but don't stay there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the only way to not stay there, like unless you're super self disciplined and, and you're you're really self motivated at a pretty extreme level, um, sometimes the only way to, to stop feeling like that is by surrounding yourself with people who will pick you up. So um, you know, oftentimes friends and family aren't the people because they just want what's best for you. So when you go. Oh, I'm thinking about quitting or I'm like, this is just too hard. I don't think I can make it. A lot of the time, friends and family will just turn around to you and say, well, you know what? You just do whatever makes you happy. And if that's what makes you feel happier, if you feel like that's the right thing, then you do that. But that's not necessarily the right answer. What you want is to surround yourself with people who turn around to you and say, well, you know what? Everybody's been through this. I've been through this. We've all had our hardships. We've all had our negative experiences. Um, but you can do this. And they, they push you through that. And so it's so important just to have a good support network and people who inspire you and motivate you to be better than you were the day before. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So I know that you love your um, Instagram, but I'm watching your stories and all your videos that you post up. What are three apps that you just can't live without on a daily? <laughs> um, Slack. Definitely, probably the best thing ever invented. Slack. If you're not on it, then just get on it. It's amazing. It's um, it's an internal communications platform for those of you guys that know. Um, and it just keeps. It, it basically, I, I was getting roughly, probably, I don't know, 500 emails, maybe sometimes a day, and uh, and everything is just all my email now is completely reduced, and because all my internal communications with my team. Um, is all just done on Slack now. So it just saves me and everything's all organized. It's a much better platform to communicate on. All my team love it. So definitely Slack. Um, the other one would be Trello, Trello boards, and it just really helps with organization. So definitely Trello. We use that a lot internally in our business as well. And the last one, which is my favorite one, of course, which is ManyChat, which helps me to um, send out all my bots, uh, which I love for marketing. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even touched on that. You're kind of like the <laughs> king. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love it. It just gets amazing results. We spoke before about getting uh, fast results for people. Um, and bots do that. They, they do. We can send out one bot and get a $5,000, $10,000 return on for, for a client. And it costs them nothing. Well, hardly anything. So it's amazing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I haven't really, I haven't personally tapped into bots um, with my business and I haven't really touched on that for our members either. So stay tuned because after um, Salon Growth Con, maybe we can have a little many chat. <laughs> and, ah, very clever. Uh, yes, we definitely can do that. <laughs> yeah, we can sort of share, you know, it's a little bit um, foreign, I think, to the members out there that are just starting out with their business. So, um, and I, yeah, I think that, you know, there's a few little auto tools that Facebook have that, you know, if someone inquires about your business, it can send you th um, them straight a message with going to the website to book online. But um, the way that you do it is so incredibly well. Um, I know that it's, you know, cause yes, I still get emails from you, but I'm always on my phone. So when I receive my Billy Rickman messenger, um, bot, <laughs> but it's really you, right? You're talking, you're talking to me to tell me to go and do something. So if I want to go and find out more and, and it's just easy to go and navigate through where you want that person to end up, right? And which could be to go and buy a ticket or for our clients here, um, go and book a treatment online if they've got an amazing promotion that they want to um, reach reach out to their clients about. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, the thing with email is that in the beauty industry, it has about, it roughly has about a 4 to 6% open rate. So, you know, if you send um, a thousand emails out, then 40 to 60 of them are going to be open and it only has around about a one and a half percent click rate. So, um, you know, if you have inside that email that you want them to click on something to go and look at a page or to buy something or to take up an offer, um, then if you send that out to a thousand people, there's only going to be about 15 people who are going to click on it. And so when you look at the return on investment for that, the amount of time it takes to draft that email, create that, create the design and layout and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, getting 15 people to click on it, that doesn't mean they're actually going to buy it. That just means they've clicked on a link or clicked on a button inside the email. Um, the, the, the actual conversion rate in terms of sales from email in the beauty industry is incredibly low. It's, it's around about 0.2 to 0.3%. Um, so that's a lot of emails you've got to send out in order to get, you know, even one sale. Um, so with Messenger bots though, we're seeing open rates in, in the 90%. You know, so 90% people open the message and then we're seeing click-through rates in the 60 to 70%. So again, you send a thousand messages out on Messenger using bots, then um, 600 to 700 of them are actually going to, you know, click on it, click through, which is compared to one and a half percent in email. So the, the percentages are just massive in Messenger bots and, um, you know, a lot of experts now are predicting it's going to be the biggest single, uh, single biggest platform for marketing in the world in the next five years. So if you're not on it yet, make sure you do learn about it because it's going to be hugely powerful. Yes, that's right. If only we could have told those people like 15, 10 years ago about you need to get a Facebook business page because it's right. going to take where over where you market to your um, clients and people are like, oh, I don't know about, you know, putting my personal information online and yeah, what are you thinking now, right? You've just missed out on this yeah, well, opportunity and um, many chats. Or email 20 years ago. Mm, yeah, that's like right. People, you know, people who took advantage of email marketing 20 years ago absolutely killed it. Um, they did so well out of it. And now, you, you know, people go, oh, email marketing doesn't work. And no, you're right. It's, it's probably, it's pretty ineffective these days, business to customer. Like, you know, business to business is still pretty effective, but business to customer is still, it's pretty ineffective. Um, and so people could turn around and go, email marketing didn't work. And even the people 20 years ago who were successful in email marketing, would turn around and go, yeah, it's, it's not as, it doesn't work anymore. 
But for that brief period of time, for that brief window, um, people got amazing results with email marketing and set up a lot of companies, a lot of massive companies that, are, that exist today were based on the fact they took advantage of the internet and took advantage of email marketing all those years ago. That's where we're at with messenger marketing now. It's like, it's not going to be around forever. It's maybe in two or three years, five years, six years, um, it's going to be redundant. It's going to be something, it's going to be another tool that doesn't get used anymore. But now, if you get onto it now, uh, you, wow, you, you just see such amazing results. And I think that's why a lot of our coaching clients just love our program so much because they can come in and get immediate results, which again, circling back helps them with their financial position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, that's on everyone's action to-do list <laughs> is find out a little bit more about it. And yeah, we'll chat a little bit more about that in the future too for our members as well. So I'm looking at your Instagram um, bio, creator of Salon Growth Con, business coach, sales trainer, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, father, husband, human, <laughs> human being in between all that. What is one thing you're constantly searching for when it comes to support in what you do daily? Ooh, creativity. I think is the answer. I'm just, uh, yeah, it does vary. Sometimes I think I, I, I want someone who challenges me, but then <laughs> I know sometimes like, I get a little bit frustrated when people challenge. Um, as, as most entrepreneurs do, we always want to think we have the best ideas. Um, but definitely someone who is, uh, supports me in, in finding solutions. Um, even this morning, you know, we, we with Salon Growth Con, um, I couldn't begin to explain how hard it is to plan this event, way harder than I could ever have anticipated. Um, and so constantly every morning we have our Selling Growth Con meetings and um, we come up with new ideas. And even this morning we're having one, I was like, you know what, it's, it's, it's round, it's, what's the square, square peg round hole, round, <laughs> round peg square or whatever it is, right? Um, but essentially that's where, where you're at with business all the time. It's about... Um, yeah, you have these situations and challenges where you feel like there's no solution. Um, but surrounding yourself or finding people that help you to find a solution, help you to get that round peg in the square hole um, is something I'm, I'm constantly searching for. And I think everybody should be searching for in their businesses is, is to find solutions focused people to, to surround them. Because if you can consist, if you can be that type of business that's constantly providing solutions to your, for your clients, um, then you're going to do extraordinarily well because the value in I would definitely say, um, what's the one thing you're searching for? Uh, more creative and solutions focused people. Mm, yeah, that's really great. That's awesome. Especially with, you know, how driven you are as well. It's sometimes nice to have other people thinking of the answers for you too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be nice. So now do you have any, I can see that sometimes you're up at like 4am doing a run, you start your day super, super early. So um, what are some specific routines that you stick to to set your day up for success? Um, yeah, definitely a thousand percent is getting up early. Like, I don't know, maybe I should put this up before. So I think one of the questions were what is, what is something that people should do? Um, definitely getting up early is is huge. So many people I speak to and I'm like, and they go, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. I'm like, what time do you get up? No, oh, seven o'clock. Like, seven o'clock. Do you know how much stuff I've done before seven o'clock in the morning? It's incredible. Um, you know, so I'm up usually around about four 30 every day. Um, and the first thing I'll do is have, uh, two liters of water. So a lot of, a lot of water as soon as I wake up and, um, I'll put my earphones on 
put a podcast on, usually by Gary Vee or Russell Brunson or Grant Cardone or someone like that. Alex Sharfman, who I interviewed on my podcast the other day. Um, like something that's going to give me practical solutions and, and put my, my mind in a, in a creative mode. And I'll go for a walk or a run for 30, 35 minutes. Uh, come home, have a, um, a bulletproof coffee. So then you guys know what bulletproof coffee is, but essentially it's coffee with a big dollop of butter and some MCT oil, which is like put your brain on fire. I'll have a really healthy breakfast. What was that? I love bulletproof coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? So um, if anyone's starting out using bulletproof, don't go straight into the oil like multiple times a day or anything like that because <laughs> it'll have some effects on your stomach. But um, it's amazing. So definitely like, just put some butter in, in your coffee and it just sets all your brain on fire. So um, everything that sets my day up is all done in the morning. If it's done between 4.30 and 5.30 in the morning is, is everything I need to set my day up. So getting up early, going straight, um, you know, have, hydrating straight away, having some exercise, having, listening to some inspirational um, content, um, having a healthy breakfast. And then usually I'm in the office by about six o'clock. Um, I'll sit down in my office and I'll rewrite all the things I need to do for the day. I'll look through all my Trello boards um, and so organize my day. So instead of just getting here and just going straight into, you know, my tasks or going through my, getting onto my to-do list, I'll actually assess what I need to do through the day, look at my calendar, everything like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's everything that I do that sets up my day is all done sort of between 4.30 and 5.30 and then the organization of the day is done between like 6 o'clock and, and 7.30 and then by the time most of the world is just waking up, I feel so much more accomplished and I feel like I've achieved so much. So um, morning routine is definitely where it's at. Mm. And so are you an early kind of go to bed kind of guy? Cause that's quite a lot that you do in the morning. <laughs> um, uh, usually depending on what my workload is at the moment, I'm not going to bed until about one o'clock in the morning. Um, but it's normally, if it was a normal sort of routine, if I didn't have salad growth con happening, um, I would be usually in bed about, about 10.30. About yeah. Six yeah. hours more than enough sleep. That's all you need. Yeah, they say that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're looking after yourself, that's all. <laughs> of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll move on to some rapid fire questions. You um, okay. had said before about reading books. What's the best book you've ever read? Uh, I think it has to be, um, oh, there's so many, but I, I guess I'll keep it in line with your, the audience you have in uh, for this podcast. I would say The E-Myth oh, yeah. uh, by Michael Gerber. So it's just such an easy to follow book. I remember reading it, you know, 10 years ago when I first got into business and I still remember it now. I could reread it over and over. I just think it's, it's an absolute staple for any entrepreneur if you haven't read it yet, just, just read it because it tells you everything you need to know about the difference between being a technician and an entrepreneur and how to systemize your business. So um, that would absolutely be my go-to. Awesome. I'll find the Amazon link to that and I'll leave it in the show notes for everyone. Awesome. Who is someone that you'd love to meet in person? Um, more than likely one of the three people I mentioned before. So either Gary Vee, Grant Cardone or Russell Brunson. Yeah, would love to meet any of those as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and you can come over with me. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. What's one thing you have procrastinated about this week? Cool. Honestly, I know it's such a cop-out. Uh, 
because I'm not addressing the question, but I don't think there's anything I procrastinate on at the moment. Only because I've got so much going on. Normally, there definitely would be. Like, I'm human like everybody else. But I'm just in turbo mode at the moment. And it's yeah. just only because there's so much to do and so little time. There's only 68 days left or something like that. So, um, but definitely procrastination. Normally, it would be anything administrative. So, anything where I had to type a document or I had to put notes on something or anything to do with that, I would, <laughs> I would just keep pushing it down to the bottom of the list. <laughs> well, thank goodness for your team. I know Jesse's been on email to me and I'm like, I yeah. need a Jesse in my life. <laughs> <laughs> She's incredible. What is something that you'd jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail? Oh, if I knew I wouldn't fail. Um, I guess hitting the US market. Mm. Yeah, doing that um, because that's, Certainly, like, if you want to make it big, that's where you've got to be. You've got to be in the U.S. So um, maybe going over there and, like, moving my family or something and, and really starting from scratch, I guess, over in the U.S. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. I know you can do that. That's, um, you know, and that's the power of collaboration, right? You just had Alex on your podcast the other day. Now you've made that relationship and connection known. So he's got an incredible network of people and it's, you know, things can just flourish from there. It's just amazing how things can work, right? <laughs> oh my God. The network now on the internet is just insane. It's incredible. Like <laughs> we have so many tools at our disposal now that business owners 10 years ago, 20 years ago, just would have given their right leg for <laughs> It's yeah. so insane. So true. So yeah. if you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? Oh, uh, I'd say a book, but I think that I would, like, you only, there's only so many times you can read it. Uh, and I, I guess you're not talking about practical things like a fishing rod or anything like that. Ah, oh, you can take it. <laughs> oh, well, certainly something practical like a fishing rod, but uh, so I could catch fish or a net or something, but... Outside of that, a ball. Uh, you know, a, a ball can entertain a man for <laughs> forever. <laughs> Give me a ball. It doesn't matter what it is, a tennis ball or a football or whatever it is, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Sounds good. So we will wrap it up. I've really enjoyed this conversation, getting to know you a little bit deeper and for our audience as well to hear a little bit of a background story of who Billy Rickman is. Now, we've got, obviously, Salon Growth Con is the 15th and 16th of June. Yes. Do you know what's next? What's after Salon Growth Con looking like for you? <laughs> um, yeah, so probably Salon Growth Con 2020. <laughs> yeah. Or um, well, speaking of Alex, I've actually hinted to Alex that I want to bring Salon Growth Con to the US. So um, we can actually announce who these celebrity is. Uh, we, we've done an announcement anyway. So um, the, obviously the, the headline speaker this year is Tabitha Coffey um, from Tabitha's... Um, uh, it was Tabitha Salon Takeover, but now it's called Tabitha Takes Over. Um, so she's got her own US TV series and uh, a lot, especially in the hair industry, a lot of people know Tabitha Cobb. So she's headlining this year. I, um, I really want to impress her and, and um, because I'd love to take Salon Growth Con to the US and do a US version. And I've already hit Alex up and Alex said he would love to be on the stage. So I think we could take the event to the US and, and make it a really, really successful event over there. So maybe that's what's next. Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait to listen to Tabitha. I know that so many people in the audience are going to go <gasps> when she speaks. Yeah, I she's remember awesome. watching her on TV, oh, I don't know, like maybe five to six years ago going, oh my gosh, she's going to walk into the salon and they are going to shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how much people feel. 
Absolutely. But at the end, you know, she, I think she's got a little bit of an empathetic side to her as well. Um, but oh, yes, open mind, see what type of, um, yeah, incredible value and action packed info we can take away from her. Can't wait. <laughs> Me so where can our listeners find you on social media? I'll leave all the handles and stuff in our show notes too. But um, if you want to give a bit of a shout out to where everyone can also buy Salon Growth Con tickets too. Yeah, so um, all the handles and all the ones, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, that's where I hang out. I'll, um, yeah, I'll send you the handles. I'm sure you've got them anyway. But uh, so definitely hang out on, on Snap, Insta and, and uh, Facebook. And I do try to be as responsive as I possibly can to any comments or, or messages or anything like that. So um, definitely hit me up there. Uh, and if you want tickets to Salon Growth Con, they'll, they will sell out, especially now that we've announced Tabitha. Um, so head to salongrowthcon.com. So salongrowthcon.com and uh, you can purchase your tickets there. Amazing. And we always finish our episodes with a bit of a giveaway. And I was blown away with what you had said you would um, give to my lucky listeners. So do you want to roll off what you have decided? Yeah, for sure. So um, look, I, I always want to reward people for listening to podcasts like yours. I mean, you do such an amazing job. I know you, you, you're getting such a good following online now and because of the content and, uh, and value you're providing. So um, yeah, no, I mean it. And so I think with all that being said, I, I want to reward people for tuning into your podcast and to, you know, helping themselves to be better at what they do. So um, I said to you that we could give away three tickets to Salon Growth Con so they can continue their learning and development um, in person. Amazing. So, well, normally I say for them to write a comment on the Instagram or the Facebook post of their golden nugget for the episode, but I think I might do a bit of a flip and in 25 words or less, tell me why you deserve to win a Salon Growth Con ticket. And then we can, yeah, give three away. Wow, that's so amazing. How much are they worth each? Uh, it depends. on the, the ones we're giving away are 297 each. That's incredible. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much. I know that um, whoever wins will come away with so much value from being a part of the two-day um amazing event that you're planning thank you so much for putting something like that on for our industry it's it's so needed um and i can't wait to be a part of it and i'm very grateful that you have asked me to be a part of the round table speaking about um creativity collaboration um and like the content creation as well that we can put out there into the world to help grow our businesses too so thank you so much Oh, absolutely. I, I, I really, really enjoy seeing people succeed. So, um, and, it's, and it's awesome to have all those people who are speaking as well because they obviously believe in providing value and support to other business owners as well. So there's a lot of good people in the industry. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Well, thank you so much. All the best and we will chat again very soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing, Angela. Thanks, Billy. Bye. Bye-bye.